0: Hello, welcome to the Self-Learning Podcast by Dr. Shushma Singh. Let us start discussion on Unit 2, Contextual Dimensions of Democratic Decentralization. 1. Political, Constitutional and Administrative Democratic decentralization needs to be appreciated in the context of postmodernism, which marks an ideological shift in political terms from authority to individualization values and from material welfare to aesthetic and spiritual concerns epistemized by the generic sustainable development modernist emphasis on order and conformance is giving way to polarity and diversity in secular religious and cultural matters redefining the concept of ethic what constitutes right. This paradigm cultural shift is increasingly manifest in public policy for development administration. Democratic decentralization is being advocated as an alternative to central control, particularly planning which shows scant regard for local diversity. Pluralism is the essence of democracy. To incorporate all interest in public policy institutional is a must. In this unit we shall attempt to understand the political, constitutional and administrative ramifications of decentralization emphasis would be on impact of decentralization on administrative efficiency now let us move to the next point postmodernist critic postmodernist critic comes down heavily on top-down technocratic planning processes instead calls for public participatory planning processes incorporating indigenous ideas and allowing for the same in public policy also as per the new public management rollback of the state phenomena ways are being explored to make governance more broad based participatory and representative in the sense of creating options or alternatives to government monopoly over the public goods services provision by introducing the private corporate sector and other civil society actors, such as interest groups, pressure groups, non-government and community based organizations in the matter of governance. The aim as per post-modern approach is to impart a pluralistic representative character to the modern nation state moving beyond the limitations of oneness to incorporate diversity on religious, linguistic, ethnic lines by articulating the same in policy craft in order to institutionalize minority representations. As per public choice critic, such majority orientation negates democracy since the opportunity cost of options foregone in policy choices in favour of one alternative translates into real cost to the society both in tangible and intangible terms. Apart from the political marginalization of affected groups which results thereby democracy is rendered less representative consequently policy choices and decisions get tinged with arbitrary character which confuses the idea of public interest which is the central theme of public policy such governance is not a efficient since it is less rational in the sense of inclusiveness of the process of articulating public interest in all political, economic and social aspects. As per World Bank explanations, democratic decentralization implies more than the downward delegation of authority. It entails a system of governance in which citizens possess the right to hold local public officials accountable through the use of elections, grievance meetings, and other democratic means. Decentralization is purported to be democratic in that the key word is accountability of officials to the local public. Popular control is the essential condition for all variant of decentralization. Change in system orientation from top down to bottom up is expected to break entrenched oligarchic interests that further traditional privileges through subversion of state authority foster prevalent inequalities this could be attempted by empowering the passive public's referring particularly to the inert backward segments through the proactive measure like reservations, institutionalization of communitarianism inherent in the social groupings which implies institutionalization of social capital via the Gram Sabha and catalytic promotion of non-government organizations and social action groups on the part of the state. For rational interest, articulation and public accountability of officials, this structural reformation of government is being referred famously as reinventing government. Also, for due democracy, governance should be economically efficient in that the taxpayers' money should have been properly spent and accounted for. There should be transparency about fiscal decisions, not just for the purpose of professional audit, policy analysis and evaluation but also for the sake of information of the general public whose resources are spent on public purposes needless to assert they must have a voice to express dissent to exert needed pressure or in Extreme cases of malafide explore the exit option to avail of better services. For the purpose that fiscal deficits be in control, government machinery can be less expensive, which is possible if the other sectors like private corporate and the non-government sectors partake in governance related to the production and distribution of public goods. Decentralization is being perceived as means to the end of such pluralistic polycentric governance. Therefore, the three main arguments most cited in the favor of democratic decentralization as a legitimate and to the value of public freedom and compassing all virtues aforesaid are as follows. The first is... Democratic decentralization makes developmental policy more responsive to public interest. Such problems can best be understood and articulated by local representatives, with active involvement of people whose needs are to be addressed. Environmental protection and law and order are other emerging areas where the contribution of local bodies is expected to be significant? Second, it in empowers local communities who are otherwise usually passive with regard to the governance related matters. This makes governance transactional. Civil society actors effectively articulate and press for public interest at successive stages in governance through social activism, representation, or lobby pressure, public interest litigations. It brings administration close to the doorstep of poor. This is also because accountability is much more clear and direct and officials are more easily accessible, which improves organizational culture since officials are put under obligation to answer questions posed by civil society. It leads to efficiency in resource management since community ownership and the application of local innovative management strategies based on past practices, indigenous knowledge prevents a lot of waste. The aforesaid features will be put to critical analysis in subsequent sections in the unit. At this point, suffice it to say that the democratic decentralization is emerging as an exciting proposition for scholars and practitioners in social science in that it is generating immense positive expectations regarding better institutionalization and grounding of democracy rendering it more stable against possible arrogation of power or otherwise arbitrary behavior on the part of the central and the state executives now let us wind up the session and decrest thank you very much for engaging yourself with the self learning podcast.